Hi, I'm John. And I'm... Fuck, I had one for this. <laughs> and I'm Paul Blano Pepper. And this is the Minute Podcast. If you give a mouse a cookie, I'm pretty sure he'd write a book. But give us 60 seconds of footage, we'll still tell you where to look. With a concept this simplistic, I can't believe we brought it back. But give us just a minute, and we'll give you season two of the podcast. The Minute Podcast. Great. As you probably know by now, The Minute Podcast is a weekly conversation between John and myself where we review a listener-submitted minute of content entirely out of context. John, what are we looking at today? Uh, today we're discussing a minute of 1948's Rope, submitted by a mysterious stranger. Ooh, and before we get started, I should let you know that we have a new sponsor this week. They've asked me to put on an accent, so please do forgive me here, John. Oh my god. This week's episode is brought to you by the Heath and Larry Network, the only number one podcast for those involved or just interested in the careers of actors Heath Ledger or basketball legend Larry Bird. The Heath and Larry Network is the companion podcast to the Heath and Larry Network website and print magazine. You can find more information at heathandlarrynetwork.com today. Yeah, I've always wanted to know more about the cross-section of those two careers. There's this great man. There's a very small subset of our listeners who are going to have loved that one. Oh yeah, no, that's I I love it, Paul. Very good. All right. So, um yeah, so what's our uh level of familiarity here with rope? I don't know what this is. I I think I'm coming in at zero. I recognize none of the actors or the setting or anything. I'm 40% sure this is an Alfred Hitchcock film. It's plausible. It's it, from the right era. Yeah, and I am 100% sure mm-hmm. that I think it had a scary VHS like image. Okay. And so I was scared of it at the rental place, the Walkersville video too. Well, it, the minute that we see here is definitely pretty scary. Yeah, it is. It's spooky. Here's your, your quick 15-second intro. We see a man carrying some books, discover a piece of rope. He freaks out, calls for Brandon, and they talk about it. And <laughs> calls for Brandon. All right, so Paul, I think we should do a script read. What do you think about that? I, I think we should. We have two characters to choose from here. Purple-suited man or blue-suited man whose name is Brandon. Do you have a preference? I do not have a preference. All right, why don't you be Brandon and I will be the purple-suited man who we later learn, learn is called Philip. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that was not part of the script read. <laughs> Book dropping noises. Brandon. Brandon! What the devil? Don't you have any more sense than to... What is it? Well, go on. Yank it out. I can't. If Miss Wilson were here, she'd yank it out for you. A stupid display like that in front of someone else will be just as good as a confession. Now take these and get a hold of yourself. If you'd let me keep the light on before... Oh, as I wanted, I would have seen it. All right, you're perfect. We have to be, Philip. We agreed. There can be only one crime either of us could commit. The crime of being a, making a mistake. Being weak is a mistake. Book dropping noises. Because it's being human? Because it's being ordinary. I won't let either of us do. Buzz. And scene. That buzz was a doorbell. I'm not sure that really got conveyed. In the it was not a bee. It was, it was not, not a, a large bee. <laughs> It was a doorbell. 
this is an interesting one completely out of context because I, I think it, it's not an exciting part of the movie. No. Probably. It's very normal, and I, I've got almost no idea what's going on. I'm into it. I'm hooked. I think that there's a lot that you can draw from this conversation. It tells you a lot about these characters. Mm-hmm. It tells you a lot about like the sort of situation they're in. Obviously, rope has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Free- rope can be freaky, yep. I guess, mm. uh, to Purple Suited Man, to Philip. To Philip. We we learn a lot about Philip, like you said. In particular, we learn that he has trouble yanking it out. Is that a problem you have, John? <laughs> um, uh, no, but Miss Wilson helps me sometimes. So. Uh, very well, well played. Uh, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about the scene, John? Like the setting. Where does it look like they are? What what kind of room are they in? Okay, so they're. It seems like they're in like a library or parlor of like a estate, an estate, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels sort of upscale. It does not; they're not in like a hole in the wall sort of place, right? Yeah, it, it feels fancy. It kind of looks like they're getting ready for a dinner party. I mean, Brandon has a big plate of what I think were shrimp. Yeah, and I think the only reason in the fifties you ate shrimp was for a dinner party. Uh, yeah, or prison, or prison. Yeah, yeah, one of the two. Um, yeah, from the the window we saw in the background, do you have a guess as to what the skyline is? It seems to be a, a recurring trend that we can't tell shit. No, from a skyline. Well, it's probably because it's just a painted, uh, a painted mm-hmm. scene on the back of, <laughs> of some sort of set. A good, good map. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think that the way that they're talking, I'm assuming it's New York in the 1940s. Let's talk about the way they're talking for a minute, <laughs> because their accents are very affluent, except for when Brandon says, "Go on, yank it out." He almost <laughs> sounds like he has a thick Brooklyn accent. Then go on, yank it out. Yank it out then. Which makes me wonder, like, are they putting on these How many accents? times can we say yank it out in a at podcast? Least, at least twice more. This does have parental advisory on that. I'm just putting that out there. So we're good. Ethan Lurie are okay with it. So yeah, exactly. They knew what they were getting into. Yeah. But uh, did you pick up on a different accent from him? I, I did. I wonder if it was more of like a comedic accent. Like, he almost mm. sounded like a Looney Tune. Like, come on, yank it out. Like, yeah, like, like it's like, like when they start yelling and then they mm. get further away from the microphone during mm, recording. Mm. It's Not that of, I'd ever do that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it'll pick I up any difference. Nope. There's enough r- noise in this ambient noise in this room between the two dogs, us, <laughs> uh, the leather couch, and the rocking chair that we're recording from. <laughs> it's a professional setup uh-huh. here. I, I think they're putting on fake accents, though. At yes. least I think Brandon is. Philip. Philip seems true to himself. Uh, Philip seems a little too freaked out to to be putting on airs. It's true. Can we talk about Mrs. Wilson for a second? Mm-hmm. Who do you think that is? Uh, I think it's his nanny. I think it's like a reference, like an oh, old okay. reference to like his nanny or something. Mm. Like he doesn't have a nanny anymore, but like it's... Dude, these it's, are grown ass men. Exactly. I think it's supposed to be like a a reference to that or something. <laughs> these are grown ass men. <laughs> uh, so I, I wonder if it was that. Uh, yeah, something like that. There's a lot happening in this scene. Um, before we... Well, why don't we start with their clothes a little bit? Did you notice like the size of the lapels and pocket squares we were dealing with? Yeah, they were extravagant. It harkens back to a time where your outfit could be mostly lapel. Yeah, like uh, it, it was when lapel scarcity was not a, a problem <laughs> at all. Like, uh, you know, we could have as much lapel as, as mm. one wanted uh, without sort of, you know, endangering the environment. Not in this economy. No, not in this economy. You're lucky to get a half inch lapel. Yeah. Uh, is that is that what your buddy at Men's Warehouse tells mm-hmm. you? Yeah. yeah, the wedding's gonna be uh, 
thinly lapelled it. Thinly lapelled, as as conservatively lapelled as possible. Mm, not not an extravagant affair. No. Mm. <laughs> right. Talking a little bit more about the stuff we see in the background, we briefly pan past a hallway, which has a secret door in it. Did you see the secret door? I did not see the secret door. There's a fucking secret door. There's a door. secret door. Let's take a moment, and uh, I closed the window already. Okay. I think it's worth pausing to see the secret door. Not a problem. I'm editing this, so I'll just hum the entire time. Oh, right. It's like a door on the other side. Yeah, so my question about this door in case anyone hasn't gone and looked at the clip, in which case I'd ask, why are you listening, listening to this to podcast? This. Um, the door is clearly outlined, but the wallpaper, which is like a, a fake railing going in front of it, looking very vaguely Italian, mm-hmm. goes across it seamlessly. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, is this supposed to be a secret door, or is it stylistically a way to hide a closet? What do you think is happening? Uh, I think it's for the help. You know, oh, it's the so, help door. So they can come in through the, the help door. And so they they don't have to like uh, burnish your the hardware on the doors for you know the gentry. Well, it does. Look... <laughs> <laughs> this will be a fun podcast edit. <laughs> well, it it does look like the helper coming in and leaving rope just haphazardly. Yeah. Around, so maybe they need a special door. Yeah. Also, okay, let's discuss this rope that was haphazardly left there. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, it's like. Uh, hanging from the edge of the desk in like a very neat <laughs> corded sort of like yeah so so it, it looks like a piece of clothesline mate it looks like a piece of clothesline it looks like a piece of clothes <laughs> <laughs> we found the secret word the secret phrase hey Petey. so it looks more or less like a piece of clothesline that's wedged between a couple of books maybe yeah so, like we assume it was left there intentionally to these people out or so they would notice it was it? okay maybe. that's what you're thinking like that that is left there to call them out freak out i or, think so i mean we can, we can talk about film. that more in the theory section mm-hmm. i guess we could talk about how the rope got there but that might get into our theories a little bit there was a knife on the table so big that i think it might legally be a sword <laughs> Is is there a legal distinction between? Knife I'm not and sure sword? what it is, which is why I can't say for certain. Okay, but I so, think so so does it have a, a like a handguard? It seemed to have a little bit of a handguard on it to yeah. keep it from like the like the turkey innards from getting or, on or you the or shrimp juice. Shrimp juice. Which is, it's kind of making me think: How fancy yeah. of a party does it have to be so that the sword comes back around and is now fancy again? Because <laughs> you go to a party that's not at all fancy, maybe you have a sword. Yeah, because like, then it's like this is what I got. To mm-hmm. cut this, yeah, and then and then you go to a party party so fancy that they're like, "This is what I've got to cut." Yeah, yeah, and I think we're in the latter territory. Yeah, here. definitely. This looks pretty swank. It does look swank. So, with that, mm-hmm. you think that the knife sword was perhaps foreshadowing, or perhaps a red herring? Because oh. I'm getting some murdery vibes from this. I'm getting some murdery vibes. I wonder though if the murder's already taken place. Hmm. Or if there's going to be another murder. It's a good question. There's got to be more murders. It's only 12 minutes into this movie. You're probably right. That's getting into theories territory too much. Let's save it there and instead answer the really important question of, in 1948, making a mistake was a crime and being weak was a mistake. (laughs) So was being weak a crime? 
John, what do you think? Yes. I think it translates perfectly. I think that, you know, with with the amount of legal knowledge that I have in my head, I can mm. say for certain that uh, it was a crime to be weak because it's a mistake to be weak. So being a mistake is a crime. Yep. Which is, you know, we get into some complicated territory there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because then you've got, like, walking on cracks can break your mother's back. And if you did it by mistake, then it's a crime. Yes. But if you did it on purpose, then, you've then it's a crime. you just committed murder. <laughs> hmm. Or at least aggravated assault on your mother. Um, John, uh, is is there anything else that we should talk through in this episode? I mean, there's, no, there's a lot I, going I on. I thought but... it was really cool. I like. I feel like the it's really going to shine in our theories. I think. I think so. Why don't I go first then? Go for it. My theory is based all around a piece of um, how would you say it? Not slang or a, a slur that I'm imagining might exist in the 40s, mm-hmm. where you call a gay man a rope, and I think. This is a gay couple. Okay. And uh, Mrs. Wilson is the one who has caught them in some sort of compromising Mm. act. So she sort of knows. And I think what's going to happen is that they end up killing her, maybe with a knife sword. And that's sort of the murder of the show. And uh, it's just all about these two men trying not to be ordinary, but also not wanting to admit that they're gay and just trying to survive in New York, putting on airs, trying Mm -hmm. to be part of the aristocracy. Yeah, they definitely read like sort of like a like like a bitchy couple, kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon. Uh, so for me, what I think this is about is I think that they covered they covered up a murder mm-hmm. by faking a suicide, oh, and I think rope okay. is like a noose. Okay, all right, and I think that they didn't necessarily murder someone, mm-hmm. but I think they're afraid of the person who murdered the person. All right, so... I see. So is Mrs. Wilson the murderer? Uh, Miss Wilson, Mrs. Wilson, I believe, is sort of like, maybe she's like the, uh, she's like the maid of the this regal house. Oh, using the they're sort word. of like the two bumbling like cousins Okay. Like they don't belong there completely. Yeah. But they but they are part of the family, so you can't deny them access to this wealthy sure. you know, this amount of wealth. Mm-hmm. And so they're just trying to find their way through this air talk. I think it's the rightful heir of the place that it committed the murder. I see. To get more money from I think he murdered his father. Okay. All right. So this father, these cousins are like complicit in this and they're mm-hmm. just trying to survive, like get through this wow. familiar affair affair. With their own, you know, you know, livelihoods intact, so to speak, of just being bumbling, sure cousins. That sounds like a pretty good movie. Yeah, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. I'd watch it. Are we gonna go recommend, recommend, recommend for both of our theories and the actual movie? Do you yeah, think? Yeah, absolutely. It looks pretty good. Uh, yeah, I like the minute. The minute was compelling. It's a good. It's a good minute. I thought it was fun. There's a lot of good lines in there. Yeah. As my last act in the episode, then, I'm going to Google on the air, is rope a uh, slur? <laughs> We're recording this live, so there's a lot that we get to, uh, like, in person. Going to go uh, to the racial slur database. Oh, good Lord. Well, now you're on some sort of FBI database. Yeah. So, uh, it looks like it's not exactly a direct slur, but they're... 
word rope is used in some slurs against black people. Huh. Great. Well, you win. <laughs> Do I? I don't want to win this. Whatever, whatever I'm winning. Uh, we'll, we'll see if that fun new segment of is that a racial slur stays in the episode or not. <laughs> hmm. I wonder. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I think I think that's it. I like I like this clip. I want to watch this movie. Maybe I'll get over how scary the box cover is for the VHS. <laughs> I hope you do, and I'll, I'll probably watch it too. It does look good. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you have a clip you'd like to submit for us to talk about, please do. You can find the submission form on our website, theminutepodcast.com/contact, or you know you can add us on Twitter at minutepod, or I think we're still on Instagram at minutepod as well. You can find us there. Or just email us at the minute podcast at gmail.com. As always, this episode was co-hosted by Paul and John, produced by John with music by me. Come back next week and we're gonna ask you. Would you like to get Miss Wilson to yank it for it? <laughs> Holy crap, you made it to the end. We'll be back next week to do it all again. Until then, be well and be sure to take a minute. The minute podcast. <laughs>